are live, ladies and gentlemen. We are live. This is the hair wire. The hair wire. Get smart. Get hair smart. Let's get smart hair. Get hair smart. Get hair smart with the hair <laughs> wire, guys. Smart hair. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome to our first live here at Facebook. And we're going to be also uh, working our way to get this video to YouTube, guys. So thank you for tuning in and thank you for being part of the hair wire, the place where people get hair smart. <laughs> We're talking about hair, guys. We're talking about all things about hair. And today we are going to be continuing what we had on our first show where uh, we were speaking about specifically androgenetic alopecia. And this is part number two. And this is your host, Sergio Cardona. Also, I want to introduce my team, the beautiful Bissan Dipsy. How are you doing, Bissan? I'm really good. I'm doing well. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> and on the control area, we have our friend, Carrie. Jerry, how are you doing, Carrie? <laughs> she, she's singling. <laughs> All right, go, go back, go back, signal. Yeah. She's working on the controls over there, guys. She's making miracles, making all things happening for us right here at the Hair Wire. And again, guys, uh, today we're going to be talking about androgenetic alopecia. What is androgenetic alopecia and how we treat it? And today we have a couple of modalities to treat androgenetic alopecia. Please uh, mention this to our folks so we can introduce the subject and get back to the theme okay. that we have for today. Okay. So last time we talked a little bit about androgenetic alopecia, the science behind it, the research behind it. But today we're going to talk about something really exciting. Um, and I think it's the latest research that's happening right now. Uh, we're going to talk about JAK inhibitors for alopecia, for androgenetic alopecia, not alopecia areata. And we're going to talk about uh, Botox injections to treat androgenetic alopecia. We're going to talk about the minoxidil, the PRP, and the different kinds or the different ways we can like injecting, we can inject PRPs. We're going to talk about oral minoxidil. And all these treatments are, they're just uh, on the rise right now. But the most important thing is to start from the root cause, to start from inside our bodies. And this is where Carrie will, will, will talk about nutrition. Nutrition. We're gonna, she's going to talk about stress and we're, she's going to talk about epigenetics. Because no matter what we do from outside, all kinds of treatments and the, perf and the nice treatments we have and the perfect products we, ha we have, but if we do not treat it from inside out, it's going to be as if we are mopping the sea <laughs> exactly exactly and we need to work from the inside and also from the outside whenever we're working with androgenetic alopecia guys so uh to give you a little bit of heads up what is androgenetic alopecia for those of you who do not know basically is a pattern of hair loss which can happen uh for for guys and females and the pattern goes into the frontal areas the parietal areas, and of course, the crown vertex area. So those uh, areas are going to be uh, subject to miniaturization, which of course going to make our hair look thin. And uh, we're going to see, we're going to start seeing, of course, uh, follicles over time become cicatricial. And that's the worst part of it, because once follicles become cicatricial, no new hair can come out from those particular follicles. But but rest assured, guys, there's hope. And while we still have 
follicles available, we can make them work. And that's the beauty of it. As long as they are not dead yet, we can help transform. And although uh, there's uh, some, uh, how we say, uh, there's a fighting in the scientific community on whether we can transition a follicle that's already started to miniaturization, uh, going back to terminal hair. And although many people might say yes, others say no. Uh, and they, in fact, there was a researcher who saw that follicles, once they start miniaturizing, they go straight uh, to uh, secretion. Do they? We will find out. So guys, <laughs> over here, the thing is, whenever we have, uh, whenever we are seeing that hair is becoming miniaturized, whenever we start seeing that on the top part of our scalp, we are losing hair, then we need to consider the idea that we might be experiencing antigenetic alopecia. Well, Sergio, how do we know for sure? Well, three things. Uh, either you go to your doctor, either you go to a dermatologist, or you visit a trichologist like the three of us. <laughs> okay. So, uh, Carrie, please, uh, you have been so quiet in this show right now. <laughs> I am. I'm trying to make sure everybody who needs to hear us is able to catch us and be in live to ask questions in real time if they have any. So, yeah. Um, I'm Carrie. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I want to add what uh, uh, what Sergio was talking about. That's why here in the Hair Wire, we're all about education and raising awareness about hair loss because hair loss can be complicated in its its in chronic stages, like in in late in late stages. But if we raise awareness, we can actually um, save a lot of hair grow a lot of hair when the hair starts to be miniaturized or weakened from the beginning. And, and with many treatments, the treatments we're gonna talk about and from within factors, which Kerry is gonna talk, talk to, to us about. Yes. So uh, one of the things that we also see with androgenetic alopecia is that uh, we mentioned on the last show that uh, a lot of people go to minoxidil as their go-to uh, product. And it's fine, you know, to start with minoxidil, but we need to consider that there are less uh, intensive treatments. And when I mean less intensive, I mean uh, treatments that are not going to be uh, harmful to your body uh, because we have to consider that minoxidil is a drug that was created uh, to treat uh, heart, uh, heart problems, uh, high blood pressure. So as a drug, it may have, of course, uh, side effects. And we want to try something that does not have side effects first, and then we will move on maybe to a minoxidil if needed. And we could add maybe finasteride, spironolactone, or a laser, and so many other things that we can start adding into the process. But we really want to start small. Uh, uh, we want to start in the beginning stages. And if we can, if we are able to correct it with, uh, you know, we just switching the, our, our diet, start doing exercise, you know, then we are on the right path. Okay. So uh, for those of you who are watching, please, please visit our website, thehairwire.com, thehairwire.com and hit the like button. And of course, visit our YouTube channel, subscribe, hit the notification bell. And of course, we appreciate your comments and we like uh, to answer your questions. So uh, bring it in guys, bring it in. So Carrie, uh, let's talk about nutrition here for a while about 
what type of nutrition uh, program would you recommend for people who are experiencing symptoms of, of, who started maybe with androgenetic alopecia? Yeah, um, foods I'd be really cautious about are ones that are going to help balance your hormones. As we know, androgenetic alopecia is associated with hormonal imbalances. So consuming a diet that supports hormonal balance is going to be very helpful for them. So that includes eating a diet with high fiber, um, low sugar, uh, and refined, refined carbohydrates, and also includes healthy fats and omegas. So that's one thing as I just really focus on those diets that are really going to help with that. So making sure they're having a good amount of protein, iron, biotin, rich foods, zinc, omega threes, you know, getting a really balanced diet. And that's, that's key. And a lot of times you'll trigger angiotic alopecia, you'll get pre, you'll, you know, you'll come faster with angiotic alopecia if you don't start taking measures now. And so I'm yeah. always encouraging people, you know, let's slow it down by looking at your diet too. So. Excellent. Now, yeah. Biz, um, what about foods that we need to avoid if we are starting to see androgenetic alopecia or Kerry, wh wh whoever wants to answer this question, but you know, uh, a lot of people uh, think that, you know, there's some triggers uh, in, in our daily activity that could help progress and the genetic alopecia. Uh, what do you believe are those factors? I can, I can answer that. So actually, uh, believe it or not, some foods that may uh, trigger androgenetic alopecia could be the healthiest food ever. Depends on you have, if you have food sensitivities or not. So food sensitivities are different than food allergies. Food allergies, as we all know it, it's like peanut allergy or egg allergy or shellfish allergy. But we don't know, or most of us, we don't realize that we do have food sensitivities because, um, uh, uh, because, because we have consuming that particular food over time for so long. If we consume one particular food for so long, what happens is our microbiome gut will get inflamed uh, but over time, if we consume it, if we over consume it, for example, I'm from the Middle East, so I love hummus, right? So, hey, we, we, I'm, a, I'm not from the Middle East and I love hummus, so. <laughs> I know, I get, so I'm going to give myself as an example. So I would, I can actually literally eat hummus for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I don't have a problem <sighs> with that. I do not. But when I started having my digestive issues, um, and it was unexplained, I did the food sensitivity test and I actually was sensitive to hummus, to garbanzo beans. Oh, no. I know, that's so tragic. I know. <laughs> that is a tragedy. <laughs> it, is. it is. One of my favorite foods. The reason why is because if we overconsume one kind of, as I mentioned before, uh, our our uh, microbiome will start to be to be overused or over uh, or like inflamed anyway. Uh, some people are food sensitive to uh, gluten. Some people are food sensitive to dairy. But some people are food sensitive to uh, walnuts or broccoli or whatever it is. My point is, uh, if you have endogenetic alopecia unexplained hair loss. I'm not talking about the, 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 the hereditary part of the, the androgenetic alopecia, alopecia. I am talking about the genetic part of the uh, androgenetic alopecia. Why it is triggering my androgenetic alopecia right now? I should think. And one of the reasons could be our food sensitivity. So there is a simple test on, you can buy a kit online. Uh, you can test your microbiome. Uh, it's a stool test and it will give you 
all the food sensitivities that you have right now. And food sensitivities change by time. So if you quit eating these food sensitivities right now, your microbiome will regenerate itself within six weeks. Or if you don't wanna go that route, what you can do is the elimination diet. The elimination diet is you eliminate the foods that you eat the most. For example, coffee, hummus, all the foods that you consume every single day, cheese. You eliminate them for six weeks and then reintroduce one at a time and then see how you feel. Sometimes when you reintroduce, let us say hummus and you are actually uh, sensitive towards the carbanzo beans, you will start having bloating, you will start having brain fog, you will start having all kinds of issues. That is your marker. Uh-oh, I should back out, uh, take, 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 take a long break from this food. And this will decrease the inflammation in our body that is causing, that may be the cause of your hair loss. I like the approach. Yeah, sorry. sorry I, I want to reiterate too, when people think food sensitivities and they get these tests, they're automatically, they're right away. And I see them all common. I'm now allergic to peanut or I'm now allergic to this. And they no, always say I'm not. allergic. No, no, yeah. there's a big difference with when you're yeah. allergic to something you're or sensitive. if it's a food sensitive, it just means your mm -hmm. body's chemistry is out of balance. Your hormones are out of balance. Your chemistry is out of balance. That's why you're sensitive to that. And it, you have to remember too, we're made up of elements from the, from the periodic table. We're going to have chemical reactions at any time. And that's usually, that's what's happening in our body is you're having these reactions. So yes, and it could be because you're having something too much. And there's such thing as having too much of something good. You know, like, yes, too much sugar is bad, but also too, yeah. having too much coconut is bad. Having too much strawberries is bad. And so it could be just a phase, eliminate it for three months, get your body rebounce and then reintroduce that food. Yeah. And when you I take like, a break, I'm most sorry. likely it will come back. It's fine. It's not like you're allergic as, as Gary said, mm -hmm. you, you just need a break. And when, when our microbiome is overreacting, our body is over inflamed. What happens? You have hair loss. Exactly. And, and I like what you guys mentioned, because as food sensitivities grow in our body, unfortunately, it will create inflammation and thus for inflammation, autoimmune diseases, and yeah. of course, uh, hair loss as a part of it. And, you know, the idea that this type of food sensitivity could also be a trigger to androgenic alopecia is amazing. Is amazing. So working from those angles, guys, is something that you will not hear anywhere. Unfortunately, nobody talks about it because everybody's so focused into blocking the HT that they forget how to actually treat uh, androgenic alopecia. So this is why you are watching the hair wire, guys. This is why you watch the hair wire for this type of stuff right now. This is it, guys. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. uh, so we're talking about food sensitivity. Uh, we want to make it right. Now, uh, many people believe that, you know, there are certain foods that, you know, will make it more prone to the production of DHC, DHT, like, for instance, um, milk, dairy, and uh, red meat. Uh, what, what's your take on that? Either of you. Okay, I, I'll go first. Um, it depends, actually. It depends. It depends on all your microbiome. It depends on uh, where, like where you come from too, uh, because our microbiome starts with, with in your birth canal and the birth canal. You take all the bacteria, the good bacteria of your mom, 
and the food that the, the, the first solid foods that you got introduced to, this is what create your microbiome. So some, some people coming um, from different regions of the world, they, can, they are okay with red meat, some people are not. So that's the thing that uh, like food and nutrition is, is an extremely powerful medicine. Uh, like Dr. Hyman always say, your, uh, your medicine is on your fork. Uh, because, but you, but we have to understand our biomarkers too. It is not one, 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 one size fits all. Exactly. Um, that's why I think, in my opinion, we should. You either do a, a food journal, and like you say, I ate this today, I felt this. I ate this today, I felt this. Or you do um, a, a microbiome test, understand your body, understand your biomarkers, so you know what is triggering. So. I don't know of like one particular food that's gonna make you lose lose the hair, exactly. but it depends on what is in your in your body actually, how it is reacting in your body. What do you say, Kerry? Yeah, exactly what Pasan said. And a lot of times too, because I specialize in epigenetics and hair loss and we do do epigenetics and intake, so food. And I look at a lot of things. I also look at your ancestors. What did your ancestors right. eat? In Canada, we're, we're all like, I'm Scottish, French, Polish, and English. So if I look at the ancestors of where they all ate, um, for example, I my husband, we did a Mediterranean diet and I get my blood scanned every two months for a blood condition I have. And it was funny, my hematologist called me and was like, Carrie, your uric acid's cautionary low, what's going on? And she was investigating to see what was happening. Well, Mediterranean diet cut out red meats, shellfish, well, they mm -hmm. shellfish, but more of the red meats, coffee. Well, I'm based on my ancestors, we eat a lot of red meat. We eat a lot of those stuff that we cut out. So of course it, it was, it was a predisposition to have that happen to me because I'm an evolution of where I came from too. So I also have people consider, you know, their ancestors, what they ate growing up, what their parents ate. So I take a look at all of that too, based on how you're going to react to things. So I, I proceed with caution too, with elimination stuff and introducing food, just based on you know, especially being Canadian, we have so many cultures and so much food options that you want to be careful too, because, you know, yeah. yeah. I, I like the idea of, you know, of eating. I know that many of you have read about Eat Right for Your Type from yes. Dr. Peter J. Diadamo. And, um, he, you know, it's a huge success. And um, in the trichology world, our friend William Gunnett, uh, he likes to introduce people to that concept because as we start eating right, according to the blood type, we can start eating according to, of course, our ancestors, what they ate, you know, and how we can modify some things in our body. Now, uh, many urologists going back to the, uh, to the uh, red meat, uh, they like to think that, you know, if people are experiencing, for instance, um, prostate enlargement, then they will recommend to cut on the red meat uh, because it can help increase DHT. But then again, uh, that's the indication when people have enlarged prostate. But with uh, androgenic calopecia, does it work the same way? Maybe, maybe not. But it, it's it's good, you know, to, to keep your diet balanced. Have your red meat, but if you're having too much of it, then maybe you want to consider uh, slowing it down, you know? <laughs> the same thing with dairy. Now, we, of course, know that many people are sensitive uh, to lactose. They're lactose intolerant. 
So if you start taking daily products, then you're going to pay the price on it. So you need to remove those type of foods out of your diet. Now, we know that there's a couple of studies that show that um, daily products, especially uh, cheese, milk, uh, you will find that the production, if, if you eat large amounts of it, the production of sebum increases and thus far the production of DHT. DHT. As we mentioned in the last program, um, DHT is also produced in the sebaceous gland and of course inside our bodies. But uh, if we are producing more of the DHT in our skin, then probably we're going to be having a large amount of DHT. And of course, the sensitivity to it can be, uh, you know, you'll be more prone to it because of the amount of DHT on the skin. Now, the also food, the the other food group that I also like to recommend our customers uh, to reduce is uh, cut on your carbs. You know, if you have a large carb diet, then you might want to consider reducing it. Because or at least switching uh, to healthy carbs. <laughs> exactly, <Yes>. exactly. <laughs> Move on to healthy carbs. Uh, we do, do, do not want to cut out all your carbs. That's crazy. That's keto. And we have seen a bunch of people losing their hair because of it. But we want to introduce, you know, a diet with its more low carb, healthy carbs, and no lactose uh, for people who are experiencing uh, oily scalp and are experiencing uh, uh, oily issues, uh, seborrhea, subderm, and so, and so forth, uh, which of course can uh, trigger androgenic alopecia in many cases. Now, let's talk about treatment options. Now, Bissan, you mentioned at the beginning that we have some new treatment options. What are those? Botox. Botox. <laughs> oh my God. I, I, I know I might need some Botox. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, it's a uh, so it's interesting actually. When I start reading about it, it's very interesting. I'm intrigued. <laughs> so you you know that Botox, when we use it for our faces, it will relax the muscle. Actually, it's a poison. You know that it's a poison. It's endotoxin. So when they well, we when like they the poison. <laughs> I know, give me the poison. <laughs> give me the poison. So as, as, as you all know, the Botox is an endotoxin when we put it in our, you know, skin, old, yeah. old stuff. <laughs> so what it happens, it relaxes the muscle. And also sometimes if it is uh, on higher doses, it, uh, it will um, paralyze the muscle. So it's, it's, it becomes flat, then you don't see your your wrinkles. What happens here in the hair uh, for androgenetic alopecia actually when they inject in the area, usually female pattern hair loss, as Serge said in the beginning, it will be uh, the, 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 the part will widen. For females, for male pattern hair loss, you will see the hairline uh, redu reducing and the crown. Uh, so basically when they inject it for men in the crown and for women in the wide area here, the muscles will relax, allowing more circulation, more blood flow, reoxygenation, and of course, uh, decreasing of oxidative, oxidative stress. That means regeneration of that area. And so, the uh, other- let, let me interrupt you for a second. So basically the theory behind it is just by relaxing, we are creating more circulation. That is correct. Reoxygenation. Interesting. Interesting. It will. Cool. Yeah. Oh. I mean, think about it for a second. You know, if we are people, if you're having problems with tension, 
yes. on your neck, uh, on your cervical areas, uh, on your on your spine. What's going to happen? Circulation Lactic on the scalp is going to be, yeah, exactly. We're going to have vasoconstriction. And of course, the nutrition to the scalp is going to be reduced. It's going to be diminished. So it makes sense. It makes perfect sense. Love science. Yeah. No, epigenetics. That's the physical stress element to epigenetics, physical stress, the constriction. Exactly. That makes total sense. I know. And you cannot stretch your scalp. You can stretch your, your bicep, your tricep. You cannot stretch your scalp. <laughs> yeah, stretch How we stretch that? <laughs> Actually, talking about that, that's why yeah, scalp massages are yeah. kind of idea. So, so in all, in, uh, also, like in addition to re-oxygenation of the scalp, also it down-regulates the, the growth factor TGF. TGF, mm -hmm. TGF beta. Sorry. Yeah. TGF beta to make sure that we are talking proper science. The TGF beta is a chemical that actually moisturizes the, the hair for the hair strand and shortens the antigen phase. So Botox, it, it has been published in the Journal of America of the American Academy of Dermatology in 2020. They're suggesting that using Botox will down regulate, regulate TGF beta. And when we down-regulate TGF-beta or inhibit its action, then it will stop ministerizing the hair strand. It will, uh, will stop shortening the antigen phase. And this way, we're just giving the hair strand a chance to grow while we are doing everything else we were talking about with diet and exercise and stress. So, nice. so if, for example, if a person has androgenetic alopecia, Botox alone is not gonna solve the exactly. Problem. It's not gonna cut. It's not. It's not a one solution thing, thank guys. You. So uh, thank, thank you for bringing that up. But because we know our, our people, every time that they get excited about a new solution, that's that, that's the thing. That's that's the solution. No, guys, it's not a one size fits all solution. It's one of the many things that we are able to use in okay. a treatment plan combined, so we can get more hair. You know, that's so. <laughs> think so about that, it the hair growth is uh, if you want to save your hair it's synergetic right exactly the more you do depending on your condition depending on your budget too because these these are not not cheap yeah, they're not cheap no it ain't mm -hmm. and, and to 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 sum it up they are using one to five uh, sorry, they are doing one to five sessions, like basically, basically five sessions for the Botox, which is one month apart, and they're using 150 units. 150 units of Botox is not cheap. Nope. No. But if you can afford 50 units, they're using somewhere between 30 to 150. So if, you're, you, if you can afford 50 units or 30 units uh, with your diet and managing your stress and everything else we, we, we always talk about on this show, mm -hmm. then there is a really good chance for you to stop hair loss. On the study, does, does it mention the amount of uh, hair growth, uh, new hair growth? Uh, what's the yield, the approximate yield? Uh, 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 I, I think they, they, they mentioned it, but I didn't write it down. No, that's okay. It's okay. No, it's, it's good, you know, to, to, to know what, what the ratio of, of, uh, hair growth is yeah. compared to how much I'm going to invest in, in, into the, into the process. It, it says, we, will, we will link the study in the, in the show notes. Perfect. Perfect. Like the idea. So Carrie, again, uh, if we are reducing inflammation, what other uh, techniques can we uh, in, apply or 
due to improve blood circulation into a scalp uh, for people with androgenetic alopecia? Yeah, um, there's quite a few. Um, myself, I recommend uh, mesotherapy. Mesotherapy is a really good one. Scalp micropigmentation, scalp massage, microneedling, just anything to get that circulation and massaging that scalp. But I also, again, encourage eating healthy, like incorporating collagen into your body to help making sure you're having strong proteins. So just making sure you're getting all the proper nutrients that you need and hydration too. I find a lot of times with androgenetic alopecia, I don't know what it is to today. People just don't drink as much water as they used to, <laughs> <laughs> which is a very important one for, you know, for having good skin, reducing wrinkles, getting yeah. tighter, you know, there's a whole bunch of benefits for you with drink hydrating. So it's very important mm -hmm. to be hydrated all the time, all the time. I, I ask, you know, my patients, you know, are you a camel? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, they don't drink water. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, you, we need to drink water, guys. We need to drink water constantly. Now, <laughs> exactly. Let, now, me, let me piggyback uh, on both of you what you just said. That's why the paleo diet is, in my opinion, the best diet you can have. Why? Because it's like Kerry was saying, it's from the ancestors, right? What our ancestors ate. And uh, uh, because it has little bit amount of meat, a lot of vegetables and fruits, and um, it will, if it, so it, it is very low in, in simple carbs, actually there's no simple carbs, maybe very low in simple carbs, but more complex carbs. And this way it will decrease our inflammation it will just go well with our system and it won't put a pressure on our body because when there's pressure on our body, what's the first thing happens? Yep. But yeah. I have to say though, Carl and I did the carnivore diet for all of January, just which is kind of like, it's a Viking diet. You're essentially yeah. eating your meats, your berries. You have as much berries as fruit that you want. Um, limited vegetables, which with my blood condition, I actually have to watch the amount of vegetables I take because vitamin K rich foods is actually quite dangerous for the condition I have. Mm -hmm. And so I, we did that diet just to see how it go. And I dropped 18 pounds. My skin has been amazing. My hair has never grown so fast. I'm not kidding. My roots grew two inches since we started it, but my body too, I'm a predisposition of my ancestors that ate a lot of red meat too. So for me, you know, I thrived in that type of diet, but then again, it's not a one size fits all world out there. It's, you know, consider exactly. your ancestors and what they ate. And also too, I'm, I'm British Scottish descent. And we actually call a lot of people who are Celtic descent, uh, quite a few have celiac or gluten intolerance. They actually call it the Celtic curse. And so it's quite common that a lot of them have gluten intolerances, but if you look, they didn't eat a lot of wheat flour yeah. back then. So like you, you, consider all of that too. So for me, the carnivore diet, even though we ate a lot of berries, I got to eat as many berries as I want <laughs> and see, I'm even having a berry smoothie right now on top of the steak that I had for lunch, but I'm, you know, it's, but that's, yeah. I'm a predisposition to eating like that. Right. So yeah. 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 Listen to your body. So uh, again, um, to the people who are watching guys, you have to realize whenever you're experiencing hair loss, the first place that we want to go is to your stomach. Why? Because we want to make sure that you're eating right, that your body's being replenished, that you're getting the nutrients that your body needs in order to start building hair. And that's the key aspect to it. 
So if we're not absorbing, because this, here's the thing, quite frankly, guys, you can eat everything that you're supposed to be eating. But if you're not absorbing it, you're doing nothing. You're doing nothing. So it is quite important, uh, imperative that we get to the bottom of your diet first in order to start helping then your hair grow. And we will see actually that once we tackle that area first, when we start working with hair stimulants uh, uh, or different uh, procedures to stimulate hair growth, the hair growth will go faster uh, than without the treatments of the gut first. So it is imperative, guys. So, uh, Bissant, you were mentioning also uh, about other forms of treatments mm -hmm. other than just, yeah. What's Before we jump into that too, can I also make sure people are aware that stress also does have a big cause and effect? So fixing oh, yeah. your gut, absolutely. But also if you have a very stressful lifestyle, yeah. that's another thing that's going to speed up your angiogenic alopecia. So something to consider too. I just wanted to throw that in. Sorry, percent to cut no, you no, off. No, no, excellent. We're yeah. going to be tackling yeah. that one. Yep. If you have yeah. stress, you can't actually fix your gut. You just can't. It just yeah. it will fight you. It's fight against. It's, it's a correlation, basically. It I mean, against. you're stressed, you're inflammated, your immune system is going to go off. So now, what's next? Hair loss. You, we need to tackle all of those at the same time. Yes, yeah. very important. So, so what's the uh, next option, Biz? The next option now, actually, the recent studies has shown that Jack inhibitors actually is very effective for androgenetic alopecia or androgenetic wow. jack inhibitors okay so we've seen jack inhibitors specifically being used mm -hmm. uh to treat androgenetic uh alopecia areata okay. alopecia universalis totalis mm -hmm. but and androgenetic alopecia as mm -hmm. well mm -hmm. so okay. th there's a study that it was in a in a in a, in a, in a in small number of patients that all of them all of them they had uh good results from the androgenetic alopecia from the jack inhibitors also we will put this study in the in the show notes they are still studying it there's still debate uh, on on it for so far but there is a hope down the line that it may actually help interesting now mm -hmm. the, the the only thing that i have against uh, jack inhibitors is my god they cost so much right now it's incredible it's incredibly expensive uh even for for uh the, recently that there was a drug a jack inhibitor that was fda approved for androgenetic for my god for alopecia oh, reata uh, and still you know uh patients are having uh quite uh, trouble you know to, to get it available to them but uh uh, sorry, but of course, jack inhibitors in particular has to be under a supervision, a supervision of a medical doctor because yeah. it, it can cause a lot of side effects. And it is like here, as we were saying, it's it, we're we're just spreading uh, knowledge and awareness, right? Exactly. So it is one of the treatments. You maybe this is the last treatment a person can do. There is many, many, many treatments before we can we can utilize before we go to these expensive. Um, the treatments that have side effects too. And, and you know, I, I like what you mentioned this because uh, many people forget that in the road to recovery, uh, to hair recovery, uh, we, we, we need to jump some hurdles. Uh, we need to go through uh, some different types of uh, treatment plans and we need to combine them. And, you know, many, uh, many people might not do uh, jack inhibitors, but maybe one person who actually, you know, will find that, it will be the, the like the key and lock 
process yeah. that you mentioned last time. You know, yeah. maybe this is the key to unlock new okay. hair for that person. Yeah. And, you know, and each patient are unique. Their needs are unique. And this is why, guys, you need a trichologist on your life. You need a trichologist on your life, guys. Schedule an appointment with the trichologist. Even if you don't have hair loss issues, at least once a year so you can make sure you get the best hair the best care and of course uh you can start seeing things before they happen and that's the key part of it you want to prevent hair loss you want to prevent uh any miniaturization any hair thinning and you want to get the best hair ever so you want to get in you want to get in line with a good trichologist so i invite you guys uh to visit our website thehairwire.com thehairwire.com and uh we will lead you to good trichologists guys yep, <laughs> so you can yep. get your hair fixed and you get it right away yep. so uh carrie talk us a little bit about how do you see this uh process with uh jack inhibitors how do i see this process well expensive for a lot of people <laughs> <laughs> uh, with me as a, as a trichologist and a cosmetologist, I'm a beautician as well. So I see a lot of people on a regular basis. And I know a lot of people are always worried about how much it's going to cost and finding somebody that's going to do it. Cause I know here in Canada, it's not that big forward thinking yet. Mm -hmm. So we are limited to resources, but I am going to jump into about the trichologist about seeing one. I do have a lot of clients who have come to me after getting hair transplant surgery and finding out that they didn't need it before they got it and spent oh a lot my of God, money, that's a huge one, a huge one. Um, so quite honest, I see a lot of people with clients at this stage where they don't have the budget to do, to do the injections. You don't have the budget to get the jacks or the surgeries. So I help them with more of the alternative options that are more cost conscious and also to help save them money before they invest thousands of dollars on something that they may or may not need based on their age, where they are in life and before considering even their health. Right. So I like to say, you know, uh, I, I like to keep to, you know, to give props to Spencer Colburn. Spencer Colburn has been an advocate on that area, particularly because he has seen so many bad hair transplant jobs yeah. And uh, he's uh, head of the American Hair Loss Association. And, you know, he has been fighting against uh, many ruthless medical professionals who are doing hair transplant here and there and just about everywhere uh, for, for a couple bucks. And, you know, people need to realize that hair transplant is not a solution to hair loss. It's just a cover up. It's a cosmetical procedure to help you look like you have more hair, but it will not stop hair loss and it will not make you grow new hair. Yeah. Yep. Just and I have to stress chest. too the age thing. <laughs> There is an age when you should start considering it. I see a lot of people in their early, late 20s, early 30s. Oh my God. Yeah. 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 Can you yeah. talk a little bit about that, Sergio? Yes, yes. You know, age is very important, guys, because whenever we consider a person who are experiencing hair loss, uh, the thing is how far back the line is going to go. Yes. If you're not taking care of that, then you have a hair transplant over here and your hairline goes over here. So, you know, it will look bad over the years. It will look bad. So th the thing about young guys with money is that, you know, I want to get, you know, my hair looking thick and everything and whatever. They're not considering about 
the, the next five, 10 years from now, when your hairline is going to be gone and would you're going to be left with a hair transplant in front and, and it will look awful. And you know about this biz because you work at doing SMP and this same principle. Can yes, you talk yes. us a little bit about a little yes. bit about it? So uh, of course, there's a lot of great hair transplant surgeons, and uh, there there are plenty yes. of non-ethical hair transplant surgeons. That's why, unfortunately, yes, that's why education and awareness—that's what we're doing here at the Hair Wire, yeah. right? This is this is free information. You should guys tune in and listen to. This. Um, so talking about scalp micropigmentation, it's the same concept like a hair surgery. You don't do scalp micropigmentation when without treatment for your hair loss. Okay, let us say a woman is losing her hair and I covered it up. It's really nice, pretty, pretty. Six months later, she is still losing hair. What can happen? She, that, the area that I actually pigmented, it's going to be more exposed. And she's going to come back to me and tell me, oh my God, you told me nobody's going to see the, the dots. And now the dots, which is like we draw the dots inside yep. on the scalp. It will show. It will show. I was like, yep. yes, because you didn't close the faucet before you mopped. Ah, Ooh, I like, I like that, that expression. One. I like that expression. Yes. Close the faucet. This is a cover-up. It's a cause SMP is a cosmetic cover-up. Hair surgery, transplant surgery, it's a cosmetic cover-up. But it has to be done properly from the beginning, from the early stages, from like like from like basically steps as we are doing right here in the hair wire. Steps. Yes. First step. Take care of your diet. Second step, take care of your stress. Then we'll do the treatments. Then, you know, it evolves by time and depending on how much you need it. You don't go through, you don't be extreme, go from one, one solution to another. No, it's steps and it's synergetic and they're accumulative and they have to be step by step. And who understands that? Only trichologists understand. Slow and steady wins the race. Yes, I like that. And, you know, you mentioned something very important, Biz. You know, uh, unfortunately, a lot of people, you know, they don't have the knowledge. So they will start doing exactly what you described. They jump from one treatment to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next, you know, and they will be spending so much money, so much time. And they, at the end, will get frustrated. I mean, the psychological effects of it is amazing it, i mean the drainage is oh my god you know people when they come to my clinic at the end of i don't know how many years trying to treat their hair loss with god knows what uh you know and it's they, they come to the office and they'll be like well i'm here because i don't know this is my last resource next thing i'm gonna shave my head and be it like be okay th- thanks for for you know <laughs> for giving the boat of confidence thank you for you know for forgiving me this much time to help you out after you have been throwing everything at it and nothing yeah. has worked. And the thing is, you know, uh, sometimes we have to take a step back and realize that uh, we need to work with the basics first and yes. evolve from it to the next area and the next stage. And the same thing happens with uh, treatments. Uh, once you started with minoxidil, then you might want to increase uh, to spironolactone ladies or uh, gentlemen uh, with the finasteride and maybe we want to do PDOs later on and they mm-hmm. maybe we want to do you know it's you you take it step by step you know and as we move forward we start seeing things that will work in the way and things that might not work for you on the way 
but at least we are getting to know what's works, what's working for you and what's not. Okay. So very important very over awesome. there. Very now, awesome. uh, you mentioned you have another treatment uh, option that we, need, we wanted to discuss today. Uh, no, we, dis we discussed the other time, the minoxidil. Okay. And uh, we said there's just to make it very quick. We said there's like seven to 8%. Actually, the study shows that they work much better. Um, and uh, we, uh, I don't know if you talked about oral minoxidil, but all these treatments are from a medical professional. So your, yeah. your doctor will actually explain that to you. Uh, to you, uh, PRP is a lot, it's, it has a lot of success, um, but also you wanna understand from your um, physician or the person who's doing, it should be a medical professional anyway, uh, what kind of PRP is, do, like there's many, many ways. Yeah, many types of PRP, yeah. Many, many ways to prepare PRP. But in any way, because we're running out of time, all what we're trying to do here is to raise awareness about, about hair care. Being hair smart is taking your hair, care of your hair step, one step at a time. You don't have to go out and spend that much money. It can start with a simple fix of your diet. It can start with a simple meditation to reduce your stress. Believe me, it can be that simple. And we as psychologists, that's, we are not a medical professional. So everything we are saying that it is, it's only for your information. If you need any medical advice, please go ask your doctor. Um, we are trichologists and we have been dealing with hair loss patients, sorry, clients, not patients, clients, Sergio and Carrie and myself since long time. And we are offering for you a free information about hair care. So be hair smart. Get hair smart with a hair wire. Thank you guys for tuning in today. Uh, Carrie, what do you want to say to our folks before we go? Thank you for following you guys. Again, we're just sharing all the knowledge that we have and we have so much more to share. Make sure you like, subscribe and hit the notification if you're on YouTube or on our podcast. So that way you could be notified as we release new shows. And now, and if there's something that you want to hear us talk about, send us a comment, email us, go to the website, thehairwire.com and submit that. Submit and guys, submit, let's I, do it. I want to say one more thing that everything you're seeing here, like the website, the podcast, the on Spotify and Apple um, Apple podcast, this is all Carrie's work. So thank yeah, you. Yeah, so she's the genius Carrie. behind it. She's the genius behind it, guys. So uh, again, she's the her coach. So if you guys need uh, more information about her educational programs, if you are uh, running a business in the hair loss industry, you might want to talk to Carrie. So Carrie, where can people find you? Uh, thehaircoach.ca. And yes, I am working on business programs for the hair and trichology industry. Just stay tuned. You can also find all of us at thehairwire.com and go from there. <laughs> get smart, get hair smart with the hair wire, guys. Stay connected. We'll see you next time. God bless you all. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.